Welcome to the Colin and Samir podcast. We're starting this off by talking about podcasts and why every YouTuber seems to be starting one. So we just made a YouTube video about this, actually, and it's really fascinating that a bunch of video creators are moving over to make audio content. So we had to look into it, and we, we actually even went to a panel at South by Southwest about like the rise of podcasts, and we've been listening to a lot more podcasts, and now all of a sudden, even our favorite YouTube creators are starting their own podcasts. So it's like, really feels like we're at the beginning of this podcast revolution. And for us, considering that we are YouTubers who now have a podcast, we wanted to do our own research and understand what are the advantages of a video creator to now move into the audio space. Yeah, and the reality is that audio content has actually been around forever, right? Like the radio, like when you even look back, the radio was where storytelling was happening. And if you even go further back, it was just word of of mouth, right? So like hearing stories through audio has been around forever. It's just the distribution platforms now are more available. Like I listen to my podcasts on Spotify. Yeah, and I listen on the iTunes app. And, and, and Apple has a podcast app on every phone now. So like the distribution of audio is much more accessible than it ever has been before. Yeah. On a mass scale. And I think also one thing, you know, we always talk about and when you talk about advantages of audio is, you know, wherever you're listening to this right now, you're most likely doing something else too. You might be in your car driving. You might be grocery shopping you might be working out. There's like so many things you can do while listening to audio. It's not an immersive experience like VR or even watching a YouTube video. Content in general, a lot of people look towards it to learn something. But if you're watching a 10 minute video that's teaching you something, you can't do anything else. You are locked into that video. And I love with audio that I can be at the grocery store and feel like I'm learning. It's actually made me look forward to different things, like even like cleaning my room. I look forward to it when I have a podcast queued up because I'm like, oh, this is going to be an enjoyable experience. I'm, I'm going to clean my room, but I'm also going to be like listening to this podcast and getting a lot of information and learning about something. Okay. So getting back to YouTubers starting podcasts, what are the advantages and why do we think this is happening? So right before this, we were just talking about this. It's fascinating. We just looked up the top podcasts, just questioning like, how much listenership is on the top podcasts compared to the top YouTubers? So, you know, one thing in our video, we talk about Serial. Serial was massive. Serial did, you know, 5 million an episode. It was the first podcast to do that. Yeah, it was the first to reach those numbers. So that's 5 million streams and downloads per episode. And it, it eventually, as a series, did 300 million. And that feels really large. Five million an episode feels really large, and it is. But then we were talking about Logan Paul. And Logan Paul doing on his daily vlog four to six million views an episode on a daily basis. Yeah, the audiences on YouTube are huge, and their ability to move them around is probably unlike any other platform. On YouTube, the audience feels so connected, right? And especially for someone like Logan who was doing daily. Like, having a daily connection to an audience, you can move them around to so many other different platforms and initiatives. Well, example, this week, Casey launches Couples Therapy, and it's the number one podcast on the podcast app, on, on Apple. It's like the number one pod. Yeah, and, and both you and I were 
touting this and telling different people and everyone went, of course. Yeah, I was really excited to say like, guys, like couples therapy is number one. Like Casey Neistat got number one. And they're like, obviously his audience is huge. Yeah. And when you think about his audience is huge, like, yes, it's big. It's big on YouTube. It's it's super big on Twitter. It's engaged. But compared to a podcaster, it's massive. Yeah. And one metric specifically that we looked at was comparing the New York Times as a publisher in terms of podcasts, their monthly unique downloads and streams was what, like 24 million, 25 yeah, million? So, so this is as of December 2017. New York Times as a publisher. So that includes the daily. It includes like all their different shows. Global unique streams and downloads per month, 25 million. Now contrast that to the last month of Casey Neistat's channel. 57 million views this month on Casey's channel. Yeah. So that's the first thing to understand is that there are a lot of YouTubers with very large audiences who are able to move them to different mediums. So if they're, if they are interested in starting a podcast, they know they can have some initial success. And I would say just to add one thing about audio, when you're a YouTuber, you're really used to making a video and then spending hours editing it. Right. And when you have the experience of recording audio and then your con- like the content's done. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful feeling. It's a crazy feeling. Like maybe there's some editing, maybe, but it's nowhere near the type of editing that goes into a YouTube video. Especially if you're doing a conversational podcast like this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not even close. Yeah. Another interesting thing that we learned when we were at South by Southwest was just the advertising perspective on podcasts, that there is actually a mismatch between the amount of listens that advertisers are looking for in the podcast space and the amount that is actually available to even be advertised in, right? Like there just aren't enough podcast listens out there for the amount of advertisers that want to be in the space. I mean, when you just like, I'm going to look up Logan Paul right now. Just, I, I mean, we're, we're talking about Logan Paul because he's also about to launch a podcast. <clears throat> I mean, Logan's like, he's built a podcast studio in his house. And although I don't, you know, consume that much Logan's content, you have to look at him as one of the largest online creators. And he's about to launch a podcast himself. He's built a podcast studio in his house. So when you compare the number one publisher, which is NPR, you know, global unique streams and downloads per month, 116 million, that's significant. But, you know, let's see what Logan does in a month on YouTube. It's, it's got to be higher than that. So on his, yeah, well, it's actually close. On his vlog channel, he did 99 million views in the past 30 days. So, and so he's on scale with the largest yeah. podcast distributor. Exactly. Yeah. So, so he could take over. Yes. I mean, he, he the, could take the number two spot as a publisher within two months. Yeah. I think the main question for Logan is going to be to understand will his audience who skews younger than the average podcast listener move to podcasts and stick with it. Yeah, that's true. So we've seen a lot of YouTubers take to the platform. Um, Sarah Dietschy has launched a podcast and has also launched a YouTube series about launching a podcast. We were on a podcast last week with Matt Diavella, who's a YouTuber who actually films the podcast. So for a YouTuber, another thing that's really interesting is the amount of content you can get out of having a podcast 
the way it's built for collaboration, like it, it, it actually just expands your content library. Mm-hmm. So you look at Matt Diavella, a lot of his channel is actually is based on his podcast and the guests that come on and, and creating video content from those podcasts. So some YouTubers are using the podcast as an opportunity to be sort of the marquee items on their channel. Others like Casey, Casey announced that he's going to be starting a new channel for clips from his podcast, Couples Therapy. So there's opportunities to start new channels on YouTube. It's just offers a YouTuber a lot of opportunity to create new content as well as collaborate with other people. Yeah, like in theory, if we were filming this right now, which we are not, but if we were filming this right now, we could upload it to a channel called the Colin and Samir podcast and all of a sudden get a YouTube video out of one you know session and even cut out a short form clip from this. Like Joe Rogan does that really well. H3H3 is another example of a podcast that's translated on YouTube to become even bigger than H3H3's main channel. Their podcast is, is massive. So like, and, and it's a YouTube channel as a podcast plus an audio podcast, and then they have the, another YouTube channel. So the amount of content you're actually getting out of having a podcast, and they do huge collaborations on there. Yeah. You know, they have massive YouTubers and celebrities on it. It's such an easy format for collaborations. And for a lot of YouTubers, they're used to being able to talk for long periods of time, right? It's not right. difficult to move to that medium for them to just talk for an hour and be on camera at the same time. I mean, you just listened to Sarah Dietschy have Elle Mills on her podcast, right? Yeah, I listened to that this morning. Yeah, so like that's like a great collaboration and just access to Elle Mills in like a more candid way where she has highly edited content. So this collaboration is actually really unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of an easy ask in a way, I think, for a collaboration. If you have a video channel, or obviously every channel is video, but if you have a channel on YouTube and you're asking another YouTuber to collaborate... Sometimes you have to think of like a grandiose topic or you just have to actually be in the same space and figure something out. There's going to be post-production. Again, with a podcast, it's just, hey, I want you to come and let's talk about topics A, B, and C, and, and that's it. Again, like exemplified through the fact that we were just on Matt Diavella's podcast. It's called The Ground Up Show. And basically his concept is he makes a cup of coffee and you talk about create creativity your life as a creative such an easy yes for us yeah it's great it's great and like you you don't have to think too much about it hey okay you're gonna ask me the questions and we're gonna have a conversation and we're gonna record it sounds great yeah so you know it's it's a great way to create content with others and again out of that one session that we had with matt it'll probably be four to five videos plus a podcast Mm -hmm. a full-length podcast another advantage if you're a youtuber i think is you know Having talked to a lot of YouTubers lately, we've started to understand that they can feel stuck in a format or gets a little bit burnt out, right? Just making videos for YouTube. And the audio space with podcasts is so new and the formats, there's still so much to be discovered with formats on podcasts. Like there's, you know, interview, conversational podcasts, there's scripted, there's documentary style podcasts. So there's a lot of opportunities to get creative in this space. And I think no one is better at playing with a medium and getting creative than YouTubers. Yeah, it's it's amazing to think about the fact how many YouTubers are moving to to audio. And all the, a lot of these audio companies are super excited to offer YouTubers deals, right? Like Casey talks about how Anchor, which is a podcast company, is really involved in his podcast in helping distribute it. 
and even created. He even says like the, the, when he's recording, like the CEO of Anchor is there like helping them create the set. They would die to have more YouTubers involved. So I think we're going to see so many big YouTubers start podcasts in the next couple months. Yeah. There's so many advantages. And I can't wait to see how they differ. Are they all conversational podcasts? Do some who have you know, skills in storytelling create more like scripted ones? Does anyone try a daily vlog as a podcast? I think that would be fascinating. That would be really interesting. I mean, Gimlet Media it has experimented a lot with formats of podcasts, launching scripted podcasts, launching different format shows with different hosts. I think they do a really good job of that. You know, they're, they're really inspired. The, the documentary format is really inspired by Serial, which like broke the podcast space with that. Like that was groundbreaking. Um, so if you think that that's like all innovative right now and what Gimlet's doing is very innovative, but there's so much space. Like absolutely, there's gonna be a daily vlog. That would be fascinating. Like a 10 minute daily vlog of someone's life that's an audio form that I can listen to every day. I wonder who it's gonna be, who's gonna do that first. Yeah. Who do you think is best suited to do that? I don't know. I mean, I, I would have said Casey, but I think I, I don't think it's going to be Casey. But it might be someone who comes out of that space because he's like he's building a creation space for daily content in, in 368. So I think it might be someone who's connected to that space mm -hmm. that, that might do that. Maybe it's like, but you'd, it would be so fascinating. I mean, I guess startup podcast was kind of vloggy it, it wasn't daily but it was kind of vloggy in that when you know he's pitching to an investor yeah he has an audio recorder out and they have it out even when they did it with dove charney like or having conversations with his wife about the business right. and moves that he wants to make it was somewhat vloggy but it was very edited and very well put together if it's daily it would just be so different it would be like just going throughout your daily life with an audio recorder yeah that would be crazy crazy fascinating so there's something that i wanted to bring up that 300 hours of video are uploaded to youtube every minute right yeah. and in terms of podcasts there's 525,000 active podcasts uh with over 18.5 million episodes but that's total yeah that's incredible that's a crazy discrepancy between those two so like the more that young creators see the creators that they aspire to be like, like a young creator who's watching Casey and Logan launch podcasts, the more that that happens, the more that young, younger creators are gonna be like, oh cool, I should just start a podcast now. Like when they're younger, like 16 or, or 15 years old launching a podcast. Yeah, and I think as well that like, they're just gonna be putting out content quickly and when it's done and on like a, a daily basis. I really do think that like 15, 16 year olds will just have their own podcast. Like I'll have the Colin Rosamund podcast and I just record five to 10 minutes every day right? and put it out. Yeah, I, I still think the hardest thing, and again, the reason why YouTubers are best suited for podcasts, the hardest thing is discovery. Of course. Right, like discovery, It's it, the podcast app is not a search app. Mm -hmm. The cool thing about it though is that you can search someone's name mm -hmm. and if they're interviewed by someone. So if you search Casey Neistat, you'll find him being interviewed by Tim Ferriss, you'll find him being interviewed by other people, and then you can, you know, you'll eventually, now if you search his name, you'll find his podcast. But it's not really like a, I guess it's not like a browsing platform. Like how do you stumble across a podcast? For me, I don't, it's all super deliberate. It's word of mouth. Yeah. Every, every podcast I listen to is because someone told me to check it out 
And again, that goes back to YouTubers having built-in big distribution and the ability to talk to their highly engaged audiences. They're just so well-suited to say, all right, now go check out my podcast. And in the case of, of Casey's podcast with Candice, it's a totally different experience to listen to unedited Casey Neistat. Mm-hmm. It's so candid. Yeah. It's completely different because you get him edited on a daily basis. Yeah. And he's a really good editor. And him and, him and Dan Mace, who's, who's editing um, 368 with him, like they're phenomenal editors. So this is like an opportunity where you just hear, hear the guy talk who's I mean, done something really phenomenal. You and I were edited yeah, that's on true. our YouTube channel. This is not that's really true. edited. So if you're coming from that YouTube video, like that's, that video is going to be five minutes, right? Five minutes, um, maybe more, maybe less. We haven't finished editing yet by the time this is yeah. we're recording this. But now when you listen to this, it's going to be much longer form. You're actually just hearing our thoughts on the same topic, but you're just hearing us talk through it. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different medium. One thing I wanted to bring up too, so let's talk about money, making money doing this. Because at the end of the day, like YouTubers who are really established, they're businesses. Casey Neistat is a business. Logan Paul is a business. So moving over to this platform, we mentioned at the beginning of this show that there are advertising dollars in podcasts, but there's actually not enough inventory to fill that. And that's what we learned um, at South by Southwest. So something that's really interesting to me is that Apple Podcasts in 2016 announced that it was going to be offering podcasters like more data in listenerships because they were really concerned about a adpocalypse kind of thing where advertisers were just like, we don't have enough data on this. Like we don't actually We don't know what we're yet. buying here. Yeah. So it's really recent that data is coming into the play. Yeah. Right? It's really recent, like 2016. That's uh, like... As more advert as more advertisers come into the space, the space has to like grow up a little bit and be ready to handle those advertisers. And the interesting thing about YouTubers is that they already have a lot of existing relationships with advertisers who do currently advertise in the podcast space. When you think about Audible, Skillshare, Squarespace, those types Mm -hmm. of companies are working with YouTubers to have them give reads in their videos. That if you were to like turn off your screen and listen, it just sounds like a podcast. Yes. So I think it'll be a pretty seamless transition for them to take some of those reads and move it over into the podcast. So one thing, just to just to like really go in on, on the money thing here, $207 million were spent on ads on podcasts last year. Um, that's a lot of money. That's, a, that's a, like a pretty big industry, right? $200 million industry. It's projected to be $400 million by 2020. So the thing is, advertisers really like podcasts because it's just coming directly out of the podcaster's mouth into your ears. And that... In a very casual way. In a very casual way. And, and typically in a way of like a recommendation. Tim Ferriss, he makes recommendations, yeah. right? Like he's, he's saying things that he uses in his life. And then he's telling you... And like it's just going in your ear. And it simulates like as if you're having a conversation with someone. Yeah, it's delivered with the same cadence and when you take away the video component, there's no opportunity for as much like awkwardness, right? Or feeling like you're getting sold because you're taking away that visual component and the listener gets to sort of fill in the blanks with their own imagination or their own head, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's completely different than video advertising. It's It's actually much more valuable. 
and much more engaging and captivating to have a podcaster read an ad. So, so advertisers really like podcasters, but there's not enough for the amount of money they want to spend. Not enough listenership for the amount of money they want to spend. So like Colin said, there a lot of them are going to YouTube. And a lot of them are, a lot of these advertisers, Squarespace, Skillshare, they're, they're actually integrating with YouTubers. And I'm going to play one of these reads right now. This video is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a website, domain, or an online shop, make it with Squarespace. So just to, just to be clear, this, <laughs> this podcast is not brought to you by Squarespace, but that's the beginning of Sam Sheffer's most recent YouTube video. If it was brought to you by Squarespace, that would be a really clever integration. Wow, great integration. Well Squarespace, <laughs> hit us up. So that's the beginning of Sam Sheffer's most recent YouTube video. Yeah, and it's a read. You really don't need video for that. It, he doesn't have any video playing. There you go. It's a Squarespace logo on the screen while he's reading that. Yeah. So in a way, it's a little bit counterintuitive to have that style of read in a video. I think it'll, it's much more well-suited if Sam Sheffer had a podcast and you could deliver the same read in the podcast. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting that a lot of these advertisers are moving audible.com, Skillshare, Squarespace, who, who are traditionally doing reads. Like they like the reads and they like it coming out of someone's mouth like that. But, you know, Traditionally, they would do that on a podcast, but because YouTube has so much more inventory, they're like, let's put, let's put this on YouTube. Let's have YouTubers read these. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if those types of reads are still on YouTube in a year. Yeah, we'll see, unless a ton of YouTubers launch huge podcasts. You know, I don't, I don't have any metrics on, on Sarah Dietschy, but I think what Sarah Dietschy is doing is great. Like, she has a, her own separate channel for the creative exchange. She makes she, video out she, of it. She, she collaborates. She collaborates with big people. I mean, her first episode was with Gary Vaynerchuk. Like, she's... She's doing a great job transitioning her audience and making the podcast like a thing on her YouTube channel, which yeah, is it probably converting quite a bit of people. Yeah, I would imagine. And she's obviously like well-connected to a lot of bigger YouTubers and like, you know, out of that space in New York City. So I think it's, it's just super, uh, it makes total sense for her. Yeah. I think, I think what I'll end with on, on the monetary side and on the financial upside of, of having a podcast is just, just to remember that at the end of the day, word of mouth marketing is the strongest. Like when someone is, when a friend is giving you a recommendation, like if I turn to Colin and say, hey, you should check out this movie. He's so much more likely to check out the movie than if he sees a billboard. Yeah. I mean, your taste in movies though. Wow. There's something that could, you know, just, I think I should bring it up. Not the best. Wow. So. Well, I haven't watched a movie in so long that, because every time I open Netflix, I just watch The Office. Yeah. So that so, was a real hypothetical that you okay. just brought up. That was not realistic. <laughs> so let's go just to re restaurant. Sure. Restaurant. Yeah, you're a pretty good Yelper. Okay, I'm a good Yelper. So restaurant. If I give a friend a restaurant recommendation, they're much more likely to go check that out than if they see an ad for it Yeah. on TV. The advertising actually just accelerates the word of mouth. But on a podcast, word of mouth is like, it's, it's real. Like the podcaster is actually saying it. Yeah, there's only one step. If like the if someone I trust tells me to go and I live in that city or yeah, I have access to whatever they're saying, I'll just go. Yeah. Okay, so YouTubers have big audiences. They're highly engaged. They're capable of moving them into the podcast space. There are advertising dollars that are available. YouTubers have a lot of existing relationships with some of these advertisers. Another interesting case study that we noticed was the off-camera show with Sam Jones, which is a podcast and a YouTube channel. 
we got some this is a new thing for us rogue sounds outside yeah. my apartment <laughs> yeah i don't know if you could hear that carry on okay the off-camera show yeah the off-camera show with sam jones is a podcast and there's a youtube channel component to it i knew it first as a youtube channel interview show and about a month ago i saw it on netflix so because there is a video component to this podcast and because when you upload content to YouTube, it's not exclusive. There's actually the opportunity for that video content of your podcast to be distributed and bought by companies like Netflix, like Amazon, like Facebook, who are looking for more content. And that to me was fascinating that like, if you add a video component to your podcast and everything is clean, you own the rights to the music and there's no logos, you could actually make a big distribution deal or an unexpected, I would imagine, distribution deal off of that content. Yeah, I mean, seeing that go on to Netflix, off-camera show, if, if you guys haven't checked that out, check it out on YouTube if you're into filmmaking and, and hearing interviews about that. Uh, but it's going to be on Netflix, and it's like, it's licensed. It's already done. It's ready to go. That's that's amazing that, that talk shows like this are, have value in so many different ways. They have value on the podcast app. They have value on YouTube as a video. And then they have value to the biggest distributors like a Netflix as a show. That's like, that's literally every piece of entertainment that you could do. I mean, because you could clip it out and put it on Twitter. It probably has a lot of value. You could clip out an inspirational moment, put it on Instagram. It has a lot of value. There's so much value in a conversation. You can break it down into every type of format and put it on every type of platform. And I think that's kind of like the end all be all of why YouTubers are starting podcasts. You can do so much with them if you film them, and there's just so much opportunity as well from a, like a, a monetary perspective. So yeah, so that's those are our thoughts on YouTubers and, and why you're seeing all these YouTubers move over to start podcasts. If you guys have thoughts on this, you can tweet them at us, at Colin and Samir. Also check out the YouTube video we made about this topic. It's at youtube.com slash Colin and Samir. And it has the same title. Why does every YouTuber have a podcast? So hope you enjoyed that conversation on YouTubers and why they're starting podcasts. And make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you don't already.